Welcome to the OA Lighted Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Gary B. Hi, my name is Gary, and I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic. And uh, I'm really scared to share. I can feel my heart, um, but I'll just go through it. Um, Mickey, I've been working with Mickey, and uh, he said, make sure you make it up here. My sponsor's uh, going to share. He's going to share a story. So I said, great. And I got up here, and he said, He's not going to make it, so you can do it. Um, I don't know if they tricked me or not. Um, I have to drink this water. It was nice. There wasn't very many people, but now the place is full. So, um, What it was like, um, I started drinking at a young age. Um... And then I could socialize and uh, be the life of the party. And uh, I drank really heavy, and then it became a problem. Um, I went to, in junior high, I went to school half days. They thought I had walking ammonia. And uh, I guess I did, um, being drinking so much. Um, I drank in my room, I drank in the bathtub. Um, and that kind of made me inverted, I think. Because um, when I wasn't drinking, I wasn't the life of the party and I was scared of people. Um, and uh, it just got worse. And um, I'm from Washington State in a smaller town called Bellingham below Canada. And um, I worked in a lumber yard up there. And one of the workers said... Uh, there's a school that you can go to for heavy equipment because I drove a forklift in the truck in the lumber yard. And I went to this school and um, that's when um, I threw up. Um, well, actually, all through school back in Bellingham, let me jump back a little bit. Um, I came from a family that wrestled and I, I was the youngest of four the oldest was my sister, and uh, the two other brothers wrestled, and uh, they were good. And I followed their footsteps and went to camp, and uh, did tournaments, wrestled in the summer off season, and trained hard. And uh, it was my dream to go to the Olympics. Uh, and then there was Thanksgiving weekend, and there was a big wrestling tournament, and uh, I was scared for the tournament, you know, to do well, and I ate a lot of food, and I was weighing myself all the time, because um, we dropped weight, uh, so we were bigger, stronger, uh, in a lower weight class, and uh, I was overweight, and the match was the next day, and I went in the alley, and I threw up everything, and uh, I went back and weighed myself, and I was on weight, and so I ate again. Um, and that uh, that started my whole history on with the food. 
and I did that a few times, and it was a lot of pressure to win, and I remember um, taking off from uh, practice, from a wrestling practice, and just going and buying candy bars and munching them down. And then um, I got hurt in wrestling, and that was over, and uh, I drank more, and and I went to work in that lumber yard, and uh, that man told me about the school, and I went to that school, and uh, I had a girlfriend back home, and uh, we were getting further apart, and um, I thought if I trained harder, lifted a lot of weights, and uh, I was skinny, that uh, she would like me more, so I did that. And uh, I started cutting my food like in half and uh, started getting skinnier. And uh, then I binged and uh, threw up again after I binged and uh, dieted again, lost weight, and um, went out behind the school and threw up again. And um, then I got that monster inside, that... uh, that bulimic monster. After that school, I came down to uh, California, Los Angeles, and that was a big city compared to the city I was in before. Um, I was uh, running heavy machinery, and uh, I didn't know anybody. and uh, It was a lot of pressure, um, a lot of fear, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn. Uh, I didn't have anyone to talk to. And I would swing by any one of the quick stores and buy like a half gallon of ice cream and cookies and be driving home and eating it with my uh, spoon from my lunch pail driving down the freeway and eating bags of cookies. And, and then once I was full and could breathe again because that feeling of that sugar went through my veins and it took care of all the pain. Yes, this is bringing back memories. Um, I, uh, I drive down the streets of L.A. and that feeling would become so overwhelming I would see like a supermarket and just turn like through traffic and cars would like honk and I'd almost get in wrecks and I'd go in and buy a cake, a whole cake and be driving down the road eating it with my fingers. And uh, it was going all over the car. Um, I'd do the same with donuts. I I was out working in the ocean um, doing marine construction offshore. you know, it's supposed to be like a macho big thing, um, tough guys out there. Um, and there was, and, and we were, and it didn't matter. I still had this disease. Um, I'd buy donuts in the morning and be uh, eating like a dozen donuts. And after like the ninth one, I would like, on the 405, throw donuts out on the freeway. Um, <laughs> And then I'd shove that big pink box under the seat. And 
I got this one girlfriend one time, and she knew I liked sweets, and she baked this cake for me, and it was hot. And uh, so she couldn't put the uh, that canned uh, icing on it. And then in the morning I went to work, she went to school, and I got off of work, and I ate the can of icing. And uh, she called me up and said, I'm going to come on over, and I'm going to ice the cake, and we'll have dinner, and we'll have a piece of cake. So... I ran down to the convenience store and bought another jar of icing, and uh, on the way home I ate it. (laughs) And I did that three times. Um, Finally, I got got the icing back, and uh, she made the cake, and we had a piece. And uh, the next day she goes, yeah, can I come over? And... uh, I said, yeah, sure, let's meet up again. And uh, I got home first, and I ate the whole cake. And uh, she said, and when she called me and said, yeah, you there? I said, yeah. She said, save me a piece of cake. And I said, yeah, okay, I'll save it. But I already ate it. And um, I'm like, oh, man. Um, She got there and said, where's the cake? I said, oh, I was cleaning the kitchen and I knocked it off the table and uh, it blew up on the floor. So I just threw it away. And uh, she said, all right. Um, Yeah. You know, and then I, one December, I bought, it was like, oh gosh, I got to mail gifts back to Washington State. What am I going to do? I'll buy 10 boxes of C's candies and mail those out. That was a mistake. <laughs> uh, they were a pound each, and um, I couldn't. I could have mailed some, but I wanted to mail them all at once to one family member and have them distribute them. So, like, I would eat three boxes, and um, I'd have to go buy three more. And it was the same story. I ate them, and um, I'd eat a pound of chocolate because the feeling. I couldn't stop the feeling. I couldn't stop it. Um, I was in the shower, you know, after eating a box of chocolate, and I just wanted to get the steel brush and scrub my skin. You know, it was just oozing out of me, that that sugar and that grease and the humility and, you know, the pain, what's wrong with me. And uh, once again, finally, I got, you know, after I don't know how many times of eating the candy, I finally got it mailed out, and... Uh, and once again, I was on the bath, you know, in the shower, pounding on the shower on my hands and knees. God help me! You know, I don't want to do this anymore. And uh, and I this I was going to AA also and getting sober, and uh, it was painful for me. Um, and I was getting sober, and when I was stopping drinking, you know that compulsive overeater monster would come knocking and uh, and I would uh, I'd eat, binge, throw up go to different grocery stores one time I went to this quick mark and uh, bought a big bag of M&M's and the lady looked at me and said nice breakfast and it was just like oh god she knows Uh, and then I you know, I would eat it all and throw up in the bushes, you know, and it was like 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, and I needed help. And uh, eventually, this one lady and uh, 
program with my AA sponsor. This my AA sponsor said, "This uh, this lady goes to OA. Why don't you try OA?" And uh, so I went to Serenity Sunday here in LA, and uh, everyone was real nice. Everyone was giving me hugs, and uh, you know there was all these. I was scared. I was scared of people. And these ladies were giving me hugs and hugging me. And uh, this one lady stood up and said, I haven't eaten chocolate in 15 years. All right. And uh, that, that hit home. Um, I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take people being happy and hugging me. But the real story is I couldn't stop. And I couldn't stop throwing up. And uh, it made my self-esteem low I mean I saw people I saw people dating holding hands going out uh, to the beach together and uh, I wasn't doing it you know it was 80 degrees out and I was in my apartment um, me and the food and uh, I would it got so bad I was doing I feel pretty humiliating um, sick things Um, I was eating like two pizzas and uh I don't know if the bulimics know, but throwing up bread is not the easiest thing to throw up. (laughs) So I would drink uh, soda pop, and uh, I thought the bubbles would break up the the bread. And uh, so I'd drink a bunch of soda pop and do jumping jacks. And uh, that made throwing up a little easier. Ice cream was the uh, easiest to throw up. Um, one time I threw up so... I ate these two pizzas and I threw up so vigorously I passed out on the bathroom floor. And uh, I remember stars, you know, doing circles in my head and that was it. And I woke up on the floor and um, I had two black eyes. Um, and this... Uh, I was living with this gal at the time, and uh, she said, What happened to your eyes? And I said, Oh, I was welding. <laughs> I was welding at work, and it turned my eyes black and blue. Um, so I went to uh, OA, and I couldn't take it. I think I got like 20 days or something. But that was, uh, that's all I needed. And I went back out and started eating and throwing up again. And... Um, the pain of eating and throwing up was stronger than the pain of going through program, uh, the steps, and the pain what it takes to stay abstinent. So I came back and uh, I got a sponsor and uh, this sponsor uh, came over to my place and uh, he said, why is there a J? the uh, letter J on your belt buckle and I said I don't know he goes well it should be a G for Gary but my self esteem was so low it was 50 cents at the thrift shop so I bought it and um, I had a refrigerator that I bought used and the door and I had money We were, work was good then and we were uh, working a lot of hours and I had money in the bank and I bought this used fridge. Um, you know, that's how I felt about myself. And the door opened the wrong way. 
So I'd have to stand in the corner next to the wall, open the door, then step inside the fridge. <laughs> and, and it ran all the time because it was old. And I had this old couch I bought used. And he said, all right, the first thing is, is you're going to buy a new belt. So I went out and bought myself a nice belt. And, uh, and then we got a new fridge. And uh, he said, okay, you want to go to any lengths? And I said, yes. You know, I've had it. And I was beat down. So he said, you got to go to a meeting every single day. And I did. I went, I did the 30, 60, and 90 meetings. And uh, he said, you got to call three people a day. And I did. And uh, we started working the steps. And I told him the weekends was the hardest. I wish I could just work all weekend. I don't want to be with, with myself on the weekend. They're no fun. Um, and he stayed with me in my place. Slept on the couch. And uh, he got... He got down on his knees, and uh, it was the first time he stayed overnight. And he was in his underwear and got down on his knees next to the couch and said, "Gary, come on over here." And I'm looking, I said, "I'm not going over there." <laughs> and uh, he said, "Get down on your knees. You're going to pray with me." And you know, I can't believe it. And this man spent, you know, his time helping another person um, and saved my life. I don't, you know, and be back living again. And uh, what a beautiful thing. So we prayed. And uh, I had to pray morning and night. And uh, read out of the big book on awakening. And uh, when we retire. And uh, I had to write every night. Read them when I wrote. And uh, we did construction jobs out of town. And I had to bring a big uh, cooler and ice chest and uh, the guy, no one, none of the other guys did that they ate the fast food and I had my own food I prepared went to meetings out of town they'd say where are you going I'd say oh I'm just going to go exploring look around I'd go to a meeting and uh, I got a year he would, he would tell me don't throw up no matter what. And I would call him up and we would argue and uh, kind of get in little fights on the phone. And he said, what are you going to eat for dinner? I said, oh. I said, I don't know. Maybe I'll eat two large pizzas. And he says, okay, you eat two large pizzas, but don't throw them up. And you call me afterwards. And uh, I did that. That was my abstinence. And then like in uh, 90 days... Um, it was one pizza, and and then it went down to like a half, and uh, everything was more for me, you know, the big coffee. And we'd stand in line, and he'd say, you order a half a coffee, the, the medium. And I thought that was the end of the world. And uh, eventually, I didn't drink coffee for two years, and... Um, It was really great. I remember all that pain. And I remember the, the, the work and the meetings and uh, the commitments. Three commitments, I think, I had a week. And uh, I went to a meeting every day for almost two years um, and traveled the meetings. And 
and then sponsored, and uh, and it was great meeting friends. You know, the friends I have now are friends in program. And then my abstinence um, was no sugar for a long time, and I didn't eat sugar, and uh, and I was drinking coffee at the time, and I was always pouring massive powder in it. And uh, then he taught me, what What do you keep doing that for? Look at the ingredients. And uh, that powder, had, it was all sugar. And so I learned to look at ingredients. And, oh, he made me stand in front of the mirror and hug myself. Um, and then say, yeah, and, yeah, wrap your arms around yourself and say you love you. And, you know, I love myself. And I'm looking at myself in the eyes and stuff. It was kind of strange, but it worked. Yeah, and pat myself on the back. Wow. Yeah, this program's really uh, kind of ma- amazing. Um, you know, and I was in welding class, and all I could think about was food 24-7. I'm talking every second. It didn't leave my mind. I didn't have my own mind. It was like fighting the food all the time. And I, one time I was upside down, and the sparks were flying, and I was welding. And uh, I said... Oh my God, I put the stick down. I said, I can't believe it. I didn't think of food for about two minutes. And that was like a miracle. And the two minutes became four. And then eight and twelve. And it went up. And You know, today... God, this is a miracle. You know, this program's really great. Um, it's such a reflection. I haven't shared in so long, and now I'm just seeing um, how grateful I am. Today, I don't have an abstinence except for not throwing up. And I started eating sugar again years ago. And... I've learned that um, I don't like to eat too much sugar. I drink a couple cups of coffee a day instead of like pots of coffee. And the food's not an issue today. It left. The monster's still there knocking on the door, messing with my head. I have people to talk to, but the obsession to throw up and the binging, you know, I don't do that anymore with that type of feeling. I eat, I eat till I'm full, sometimes I eat too much, but I don't beat myself up over it. Right now, um, I went back to AA more than OA. OA was... uh, I mean, I lived it. I, uh, it was part of me. It was, it took like that sickening feeling you can't get rid of, that monster, that you you can't even hide. Um, and it got rid of it. And OA came into my, into my body, into my mind. And, and, I don't know if you could say cured it. I don't know. Um, I don't want to put a name on it. 
I just know that I've been set free of uh, the things I used to do that caused me pain. And right now, um, I'm not sponsoring anybody. And uh, I started working with a new sponsor. I think I'm going to open it up for uh, for some questions. And I appreciate you having me here. Thanks. Yes. Do you tell when you're full and when you're hungry and all those types of sensations, or is it only after you've overeaten that you can tell you've overeaten and you're full? Can I tell when I'm hungry, and can I tell when I'm full, and can I tell if I've eaten too much? Is the question? I, well, I, I, I think I pretty much understand that probably you can always tell when you overeat. Uh-huh. But before you get to that point, can you tell? Can I tell before I overeat? That is a really good one. Nice <coughs> question. Um, yeah, I deal with that today. Um, can I tell... If um, I'm going to be too full, or if I could stop earlier because I might eat too much, um, I know in my heart um, when I'm going to eat too much, and I—it's not a big deal to me today. If I go somewhere and there's a lot of food, and uh, I have a couple plates, I know it. I'm not reacting off it. When I get too full. I'm not beating myself up. It's almost like before I would be full, so then I would beat myself up and I would feel bad about beating myself up, so that made me do it again. And after the doing the steps, and oh yeah, the steps, I didn't talk about the steps. The steps were, uh, they were a blessing. Let me go back to the question. Um, Yes, I can tell if I'm going to eat too much. But what I've also learned is when I eat a smaller amount and I just give myself 20 minutes or a half hour, I know I'm going to be fuller. Because a lot of times I rush through the day and um, I'm not giving myself time to eat. And then I'm too hungry, so then I eat too much. And I think this isn't enough. But if I just sit with it, if I can sit with the feeling and sit with the pain, I know in 20 minutes something happens with me that I feel more comfortable. I, I settle down. The food has settled down in me and um, my nerves have calmed down and it's enough food. You're welcome. Yeah. Can you tell us a little about your experience with the second and third steps and how you developed a... Uh, sense of a higher power? The second and third step, my experience and the, how I became uh, to know my higher power. Let's see, the steps. came to believe a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. And step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood Him. Yeah, that, that wasn't a problem um, for me. I didn't call my God doorknob or, or a tree or light bulb or, or the people at the meeting. Um, 
I called my God, God. It was, it was just a name to me, and it was a higher power. And I tell you, I needed something to lean on. Um, I needed something that was bigger than my sponsor. I needed something bigger than the people in the rooms. Um, I needed um, something that equals the world. And, uh, and whatever it was, I called God. And, wow, I wrote to God. And I, when I wrote, I would start, God, please guide my pen. That's how I started my, when I wrote to God every day um, at the beginning. I don't write to God anymore. And um, when I do, it's far and few between. Um, and I just have... Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of respect there with my higher power that I choose to call God. It just it came natural. Thanks. Thank you, Did you talk a little bit about how your disease impacted on your relationship with your family? My disease, how my disease impacted the relationship with my family. Um, yes, I'll talk about that. Um, I have to mention, I was a chocolate binge buddy with my mother. Um, we, um, she would like sweets, and I would be right along with her eating sweets, and we had that in common. Um, I cut back on that now. Um, at times, I, I quit it altogether. And uh, she still does things like, Oh, Gary, here's some uh, chocolate. It's sugar-free. Uh-huh. And um, I say, That's nice. Um, and I talk. She knows I'm in program, my mother. Um, she is in the other program. And uh, so we're close. Um and then my sister, she makes these like the world's best chocolate chip cookies. I mean, they're like super expensive with all these ingredients, and she shaves the chocolate and does the whole works. And when I wasn't, when I my first year, I wasn't eating chocolate, and she made these for me, and she was so offended I wouldn't eat them. And well, she was a hurt. That's what it was. She was hurt. But that's done and gone. Um, and what it's done with my family today is um, I'm of service to them. Like, my mom wants me to drive to Palm Springs uh, tomorrow, and then Monday we're driving to Mexico so she can go to the dentist. And I'm almost, like, wanting just to give her cash to go to the dentist here so I don't have to, like, drive eight hours so she can go to the dentist. But, you know, I'm going to do it. You know, that's what my mother wants. And, uh, yeah... And with my family members, you know, we all get along. Everybody gets along. No one argues and fights with each other. And I don't judge. This program's taught me not to gossip about family members, talk down about them, be more supportive, and be of service. And I call them on the phone regularly. And, uh, and it, this program's taught me to listen and, and not have to fix. And... Uh, that answers things. Any more? Wait, you said you're, uh, um, you said, oh yeah, the steps. The steps. That's general. Yeah, yeah, the steps. Wow. I think that's, um, doing the steps, I think, stopped me, stopped the bulimia. And so that's major. Uh, we, it was, uh, admitted, I mean, I knew I was a bulimic. I had, there was no doubt. It was like being, 
I mean, when there's a tiger on your back, you know there's a tiger on your back. Um, and then, sure, um, wanting help from a higher power, easy. And to go to any length, easy. Um, I, I needed help. I wanted help. And so we started working the steps. And, uh, and then we did step four. And I had a list. And uh, we went through, I was reading items to my uh, sponsor, and he was listening, and he was laughing. And, uh, and then he even fell asleep one time. <laughs> and I'm like, this is my, yeah, the worst things in your life, you know, and your sponsor falls asleep. So, but that's all right. You know, gosh. After I read him what I did, and we prayed to God about it. Um, I did have a spiritual awakening. Um, I felt. Have you ever had like one of these days where you didn't have any aches and pains in your muscles or bones, and like your sinuses were clear and clean, and your eyes were wide open, and you just felt good? That was that ten times. I just. Every part of me was just lifted up, and I felt good, and I didn't have any more problems. I didn't. I felt like I was dipped in new. And then I went out and I talked to people, and some we didn't talk to, and some we did, and I made amends, and uh, we continued with the steps, and. And while all this was going, my mind was just getting healthier and healthier. And, and, uh, and now the steps, and the second time I did the steps with them, they were like tiny. I didn't have all that junk, and I could just go right to a fourth and, uh, and bang it out in days. Boom, written, shared, um, pray, and, uh, and move forward. Thanks. Yes. What would you say to somebody still suffering at home? Someone suffering still at home? Gosh. It's not your fault. And you're not alone. And there's thousands of people out there just like you. And come into a meeting and uh, raise your hand up and say you're new. And and go back and uh, and listen to people and uh, and reach your hand out. And maybe the first thing is the if the new person can go talk to somebody and break the ice. And that that's the most important thing is to be to get involved um, with somebody or with a few people from the meeting, so you feel a part of, so you can start working what they work in these rooms. Okay, that's my time. Thank you for the questions, and thank you for having me.